0: What's good, Crypto Ballers? Money1834 here checking in on Wednesday, July 21st. We have a very special episode of Crypto Ballers today. We're joined by a very special guest, Jason Hoarth. If you're not familiar with Jason, he is the Vice President of Marketing at Panini America. Maybe you heard of him. I'm going to ask him questions submitted by you guys, the community, and we're also going to give away 25 packs of Panini NBA NFT cards. It's going to be an awesome show today. Cue the music. Let's get right into it.
1: Just hit a button, Morty. Give me a beat. Oh, man. Okay. All right. Um...
0: Ladies and gentlemen, we have a treat for you today. I'm joined by Jason Howarth. He's the vice president of marketing over at Panini America. Maybe you heard of him. Jason, welcome
1: into the show. How you doing, my friend? Hey, man. Hey, hey, Mark. How's it going? Psyched to be here.
0: Oh, thanks for having. Me. It is truly my pleasure. Um, from what I understand. It's always,
1: it's always a win when I see a Gronk jersey in the background. So we're, hey. we're with that. Well,
0: I, I found out that you're a Boston native. So as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, Jason's my guy already. Before even speaking to him, this is my dude. So you know, you know. I, I, I had to put the Gronk jersey in the background. I, I got the Paul Pierce jersey on right now. Oh, nice. good. The truth. Yeah. yeah. So now for those of you that didn't see the posting on Twitter, Jason and I are collabing. We're working together and we're going to answer some of the questions in the community. Now, we've gotten a ton of submissions. We could only pick 25, and we are giving away 25 packs. We're going to give 20 base uh, Prism packs and five flashback packs. Now, th- this is a new product that Panini is rolling out. So, Jason, how has the feedback been uh, so far from the community about the NBA Prism NFTs?
1: It's been great. So, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's interesting because... You know, we launched our blockchain product, our blockchain NFT product. I, I feel like I have to qualify that every time everyone talks about NFTs and is really like, you know, the engine that makes blockchain move, right? So, I mean, we did so much research on, you know, blockchain, how do we integrate it into the trading card category for about two years. Uh, and then we launched our platform uh, in January of 2020, you know, literally before anyone, before any of this hype around NFT kind of came into play. And so, you know, we focused on three different elements uh, and, you know, initially out of the gate. The first was, you know, physical card tied to an NFT blockchain product so that you got the actual physical card, you know, and the NFT blockchain asset. And, you know, the reason why we did that initially at launch was because, you know, most of our collectors and consumers didn't really fully understand what an NFT was or what blockchain was or how it worked. And so we knew that they understood the value of a physical card. And so we wanted to integrate them and kind of bring them into this technology. Yeah, that, so that was that, the first step. That was the first step we did. We actually did a hundred card set across all sports. So we had guys like Kobe in there. We had Zion Williamson in there. We had football players in there, Patrick Mahomes, Brady, you name it. But we also did a Honus Wagner card because we felt like that was super important. If anyone knows anything about trading cards, you know, Honus Wagner is like the crown jewel and history of trading cards. And we felt like to be first in the space, we needed to have a Honus Wagner uh, blockchain card, um, you know, in the mix as well. So we launched that and then we rolled into just purely blockchain NFT assets. Um, and then the third piece, which is, you know, something that we have that a lot of other, you know, people out in the space don't have is that physical product. And so we integrated you know, a card into our physical product that said, hey, you just acquired this blockchain NFT asset, um, enter in this code at paniniamerica.net. And you didn't know what card you got until you entered it in. Uh, and so, you know, a lot of, as uh, we rolled into this next phase of the NFT packs, um, you know, starting with NBA um, and our Prism product, which is super popular in the, you know, in the physical space uh, across all sports, you know, when we launched that product, when we launched the NFT packs, what we started to see was people jumping back in and buying the redemptions for those blockchain assets that we had put into a product on eBay. Um, And people just jumping in on, you know, pulling that stuff down. So it's been great. Uh, Lots of learnings. I think the thing that's really important, you know, is this space is moving so fast and it's evolving so fast that you know we're constantly looking to evolve the platform to just can completely continue to enhance it to you know create that best user user experience.
0: Now a lot of the people that are going to be listening to this podcast are going to be from the world of NBA Top Shot. So when you speak about the improvements and enhancements that you guys have been making already, it's going to be music to our ears and we're going to perk right up for it because the way that NBA Top Shot started uh, started off. It came out of the gate pretty rocky there was it was very buggy um there'd be incidences where people would all join a queue for a pack drop and there'd be so much traffic that the website just couldn't handle it and it would crash and then they couldn't even drop the pack that day they had to move the whole drop like 24 hours and do it the next day and obviously you can see how uh, how that would really suck and not be a great user experience but with with Panini, I haven't experienced any issues like that so far with with the pack drops. Like outside of here and there, sometimes like you got to refresh the screen a couple times to get the pack. But outside of that, there hasn't really been any issues in the Panini the Panini app with the NFTs. It just is running surprisingly smooth thus far for being so early on in the game. So uh, I was definitely impressed to see the speed of it and the optimization. Um, so. I think the Top Shot community is going to be pretty excited once uh, when they hear talking about how where the product is already and how we are still constantly working on stuff to make it an even better experience.
1: That, that's positive to hear. We won't tell our tech people that we're moving fast because <laughs> for, for some of us, we're not moving fast enough. Yeah, we got to we got to stay on them, make sure that they're, uh you know, moving is quick. But we also want to make sure that we're doing it right. And that's the process, right? Like. So making sure that we have a strong cadence and knowing where we need to integrate and add additional elements, but also making sure that we do it right. Um, I think we've got a lot of good history. You know, we launched our digital trading card apps five, six years ago. Now, you know, with our NBA Dunk app and our NFL Blitz app, and so we went through a process where you know we fell down, we had to get up and figure out how to fix it, and. You know, and, you know, there are some real hard growing pains there early on uh, in those digital trading card apps. But I think that that's kind of prepared us, you know, for making sure that we're continuing to build and grow the grow, grow our blockchain NFT platform the right way.
0: Yeah. And it's it's the right time, too, because NFTs and all that stuff and blockchain technology, it's like it's the hotness right now. Like, I feel like every day, every day on Twitter or whatever, you'll see a new NFT project pops up, even if it's only active for like 24 hours it'll go up there people will spend a ton of money on it and then it's just like you only a few of them really stick but there's just so many popping up all the time that it just it makes so much sense in the world that you guys would throw your hat in the ring with nft blockchain technology stuff because you guys already you guys already own the whole trading card market like you guys are the name in it so it makes sense that you dive into the the digital side of it too
1: Yeah, and I think that, you know, I think what's what's really important is, like, when we launched in January of 2020, like, you know, you needed the tokenized asset to make make things move and live on the blockchain, right? But when we were going through that process, like, no one, like, none of our consumers understood what an NFT was. Like, they didn't even know what, like, they didn't care about what a tokenized asset was. They were like, whatever, like, okay, it's on the blockchain. Okay, I think I understand blockchain, you know, and so you know, early on, like we had to go through this whole process of like, how much do we have to educate the consumer and the collector to understand the value of this? And then, you know, on top of that, then you throw in the idea of like, also having to educate and integrate these these collectors into the idea of like, okay, you have to go buy a smart wallet. Now you have to go get a cryptocurrency. Now you can finally buy our product. Congratulations, come back. And so like, We didn't want to do any of that. We were like, man, like we've got to be able to educate them, but also make it, you know, turnkey for them. And so that's why we went with the U.S. currency, you know, process first and foremost, you know, because we felt like they understood the value of trading cards when it came to U.S. dollars. And we didn't want to disrupt that understanding or confuse that understanding with like, okay, well, what does this mean like compared to ETH or what does this mean compared to Bitcoin or whatever else? And so, you know, so we, we kept it, you know, in that structure because we felt like that was super important, you know, to the collecting community to understand that. Because it, the thing that, you know, you mentioned that all this stuff is popping up. I mean, I think the thing that people need to understand is that Panini has been in the collectible business for 60 years. Like we, we, play, we play the long game, we'll win the short game, we'll learn on the short game and continue to grow it. But our whole focus is to make sure that we're building something that's sustainable. Um, And that's what we're committed to. And when we step into something, we're going to focus on sustainability and long-term. And that's what's really important to us. And of course, you know, scarcity, like that's part of the DNA of trading cards. You don't understand that, then you're going to lose at some point. And so, you know, we're very focused on making sure whether that's in the physical space or or in the NFT space, making sure that we're building the product so that there's an element of scarcity and value you know, to the, you know, to the product that we're putting out in the marketplace.
0: Yeah, because if you think about it, it's crazy because obviously you're unbelievably familiar with like physical sports cards. Uh, I, I saw a statistic. I don't remember the exact number, but it was like the amount of like a base set prism that would be like a physical cardboard gets made like a million times. But if you go on the NFT space right now, uh, the way the Panini has to set up their series one, uh, it's serial number seventeen ninety nine. So there's this under, yeah, there's there's under eighteen hundred of them that exist against the physical world where it's like millions. Like if it's not a serial number card,
1: yeah. And the thing that's the, the thing that's kind of interesting about that is like, you know, we we build because we're in the in the trading card space. we we're, we're, we're always focused on you know making sure that we go deep, and sometimes consumers don't understand the value of the deep of that you know of that player list but there's a couple of reasons for it because you might get a guy that doesn't mean anything to anyone right now as a rookie that two years from now is tearing it up you think about steph curry in 2010 i mean he wasn't even at the top of the radar in that draft class yeah you know and now look at him and his rookie card his physical rookie card just sold for a boatload of cash um Know then you think about like the Jeremy Lynn hype that went down. Like this kid was like his cards were 50 cents, you know. And like our highest end product is a rookie. Lin Sanity hits and those things like double, and they're selling it. I mean, just kill it, they're selling it twenty thousand dollars a card because of the Lin Sanity hype, you know, and people going crazy over what he did in New York. And so you know, that's why we build out this base so that there's, you know, there's that longevity to the product that you get a guy that might not emerge in year one. And this year was weird, you know, with the pandemic, these kids were drafted in November. They stepped on the court for the first time in a professional basketball game in December, and they didn't even have a March Madness tournament. So like some of these kids hadn't even played in like eight months competitively, you know, so it's a, it's an interesting kind of, Process. We certainly had guys that emerged for sure, Uh, but there's, I think this year too, and I think what happens in summer league and, you know, next month will be interesting to see what happens to some of those year, these, these rookies from last year coming into the year two, you know, having that season under their belt, having coaching under their belt and, you know, what guys emerged that haven't emerged yet.
0: Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to actually like, you know, watching some summer league games, right? Some preseason. Because like you said, I feel like the, the players last year, they kind of got screwed and their, their stock was just they were coming in as underdogs already because everyone thought that that, uh, that draft class was, was going to be like garbage. Like nobody had high expectations really for anybody. But if you think about it, it kind of gave us like a nice little surprise because it, it, you know, it lowered expectations on what these guys were going to be. And then all of a sudden, like you see Anthony Edwards out there making some big time highlight plays. LaMelo Ball went from is this guy even a top five pick to being like, all right, this guy should have went number one overall. He looks fantastic. And James Wiseman, yeah, he got banged up. But when he played, he had some serious flashes that looks like this kid could be a star in this league. Now, this rookie class coming in is supposed to be phenomenal, so I'm excited that we actually get to uh, watch these guys earlier on than what we got the rookies last year where we didn't see them until, like, game one of, like, the regular season. So I'm definitely curious to see what these new rookies are going to be bringing to the table because I feel like they actually have some big shoes to fill because last year was such a pleasant surprise. All right, now so before we get into the twenty five community questions, I have a couple questions I'd like to ask you. You know, so the audience, we can all get to know you a little better, know a little, uh, know you a little more. Get uh, actually, you know what? Before we even get into the fun questions, I forgot to mention, dude, congratulations on you guys signing Luca Doncic to an exclusive Panini memorabilia deal. That's fantastic.
1: Yeah, exclusive for autograph trading cards and memorabilia. So super psyched about that. I mean, Luca is so. I mean, one like you knew when he came into the league that he was going to be an interesting player because of what he did in the World Championships, uh, but you still weren't fully sure, right? And and then you you just started watching him, and I mean, every time you watch Luca play, you see how much energy he has, how how excited he is to be playing, um, and that that is just absolutely awesome.
0: Yeah, dude, absolutely. That's fantastic. Now, I was going to actually text you this morning and be like, all right, fine. Like, if Luca really wants to come on the show today that badly, he can. I could probably sneak him in. And then, you know, he told me he has prior commitments because, you know, he's playing. But he's getting ready for the Olympics, and he's on the cover of 2K. So he said that he'd have to reschedule it. But, yeah, next time, man, feel free. Uh, if Luca's telling me he wants to come on, I mean, we're we're welcome to have him. <laughs> but, no, seriously, again, congratulations. That's awesome. All right, I think it's time for some warm-up questions. All right, so question number one: Who is your favorite NBA team? Who do you find yourself rooting for?
1: Uh, come on, you're rocking the shirt. It's got to be the Celtics. I'm from Boston. I grew up in the '80s, you know, with the Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, Danny Ainge. Are um, you know was there in Boston when KG and Paul Pierce and Ray Allen put it all together? And Rajon Rondo is underrated on that team, Absolutely. Uh, but. But uh, yeah, absolutely.
0: You know, bleed green. Yeah. Now, I still ride for Rondo, always will. Rondo's my dude. You know, I have an 11 year old son, and I try to explain to him all the time. And he always gets confused of why I'm rooting for somebody that's on the Clippers or the Pelicans or the Bulls. Cause, you know, Rondo's bounced around. He's been like everywhere at this point. And he just doesn't understand. I try telling him, I've showed him the highlights. I have the, the Celtics championship, you know, Blu-ray at home. I tried to explain to him like Rondo was, is, was such a good Celtic that he might not have a good reputation these days, but Rondo is, is a Boston legend.
1: Rondo, Rondo's a complicated dude. Like, you know, across the, you know, across the league, you know, it's complicated, but if he's on your team, you absolutely love it yeah, because yeah. he knows how to, he, he knows how to step up when it matters the most. He knows how to distribute to the guys that can, you know, put points on the board if he's not doing it. So you, that's what you, I think is great about him.
0: And you know, Rondo could have possibly gotten another ring if Kawhi Leonard didn't end up getting hurt
1: too. So that, yeah, that's he, – that's he an- could have got it. well, and I'm going to also put it out there too. He could have also got another ring with the Celtics if Kendrick, per- Kendrick Perkins didn't have to sit out that game, yep. um, you know, against the Lakers. We go into game five and Perk is out. Like, man, I don't know.
0: I hear you, man. And to this day, I still have not gotten over the fact that our big three years only got one ring. Unbelievable. I know when it came out that Kobe Bryant was uh, mentoring Jason Tatum in the Boston community, there was like an outrage. People were just like, Oh, you've got to be kidding me. This is how Kobe still screws us. Even after he retires, he got into our system. He's contaminating our young youth. And then all of a sudden, like Jason Tatum's taking these like contested, uh, like step back twos. And it, there was like this whole big conspiracy theory going around. It, it was hilarious. It was truly wild. Now, um, like you, I don't like the Lakers. I, I never can like the Lakers. I respect the hell out of Kobe Bryant. But when he was on the court playing against, you know, the Celtics, I, I couldn't bring myself to ever root for him.
1: Yeah, see, oh, but- I, I transitioned from that. One One of the first things I had to do, which was hard when I joined Panini, uh, actually, when I joined Panini, they were my client first before I joined Panini. So I was working for an agency in Boston at the time. And we had to do a congratulations ad for Kobe winning the championship. <laughs> and it was them beating the Celtics. And I remember oh. working on it, thinking in my head, what am I doing? How am I even, do- even doing this? Uh, and that was the first step into, you know, into that world uh which was crazy.
0: Jesus, that's like a, that's a gut check right there. I mean, you had to have sat there and be like, "Man, how important is this new career path really?" You
1: know what I mean? Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. I mean, Celtics for life, man. You got to write a congratulations ad for the Lakers and Kobe and, you know, and they beat your Celtics in the finals.
0: All right, let's do one more question and then we'll get into the uh into the listeners, the community questions. So the last one I got for you is if you're the GM of the Celtics, right? Do you go after Damian Lillard and trade Jalen Brown? Or would you rather keep Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown together? I know you love both of them, but would you move Jalen Brown to get Damian Lillard?
1: That's a tough one, but man, I got to take Dan. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. That, that's so tough for me because like, I love Tatum
0: but Jalen Brown is my dude. He's, he's, he's my favorite player on the Celtics. Dude.
1: I like I like him a lot too, but man, I, I, I think you bring Dame into that mix and you know, there's something there. Yeah. Um, You know, I won't go about, I won't go against any other former point guards, you know, on the Celtics, but I mean, I think Dame has a different game that just elevates, you know, the, the other people around him and it's a good, you know, it, it's a good balance to what Tatum does on the court. So, I mean, I'd be rooting hard for that. I, you know, yep. I'd love to keep Jalen in the mix on that um, and still find a way to get Dane, but I don't know that that's possible.
0: Yeah, so that's definitely the the route we want to take, right? <laughs> Let, let's just put all three of them together. Like, that sounds nice. For sure, for sure. Yeah, like, take all the first round picks you want, okay? You can take Marcus Smart just, like, you know, take Semi-Ojale. Like, yeah. Let's put the three of them together. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's. What do you think? Is it time to dive into all these community questions? Sure. Okay, now I picked 25 at random. I did my best to make sure that they don't really repeat each other. You know, I tried getting like a nice mixed bag. Now, if you hear your question right on the air, not only are you going to get a shout out on the show and Jason can answer that question, you will be airdropped a NBA Prism NFT pack. Very exciting stuff. Now we had a ton of submissions uh, between the Discord groups, the the, the Twitter thread, um, Facebook groups, Discord. Like I I posted it in a bunch of different mediums. We received over two hundred fifty questions. Only, yeah. yeah, it was wild. Now only twenty five of them could get picked. So if you don't hear your question on the air, please don't take it personally. Uh, like I said, a ton of submissions, so only 25 of them could be used. Now, with that being said, I think it's time to get into community question number one.
1: All right. I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to do my best to answer these questions. There might be some things that I can't answer for other reasons, but you know, we'll we'll get around that. Okay.
0: Okay. So question number one, and I know that you want to answer this one. Well, because you actually commented saying you wanted to answer this one. You said, oh, I can't wait to answer this on the show in more than 140 characters. So I figured this one absolutely has to make the cut because you're kind of requesting it on Twitter. So the question comes in from at no one GD man. Uh, they ask throwing away all the NFT buzz like blockchain storage, utility, etc. in the collector aspect out the window. Why should I be buying slash investing in these?
1: Yeah, and I think it's a I, that's a, it's a great question. I think I kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, and it's why uh, one Panini knows collectibility and understands the collective the collectibles marketplace, whether that's physical or digital. You know, we're you know long term, we've been in the the collectibles business for sixty years. Like that's why because we you know when you bet on a horse, you want the horse that, you know, has been there before and that's what we do and we're going to learn. And so, you know, that's why I would say it over, over and above. And I think the other side of it too, is that, you know, we've got a wide range, a deep portfolio of products, you know, across, you know, the basketball landscape, across the football landscape, across all of our sports. But I think the thing that's really cool about what we're doing and I, I think you kind of notice it is that, You know, there's existing brand equity in the stuff that we're putting out into the market, you know, from an NFT perspective. Prism is a huge brand globally. People go absolutely crazy all over the world for Prism, you know, on the physical side. And so when you introduce that into the NFT space, there's already inherent value in the product because of the brand equity. And so, you know, when we roll out our next round of products, you know, across a variety of different sports, You'll see other brands pop up. Same thing on NBA when we roll into our next season. You know, I, I say next season is in like the 2021-22 category where you're going to be able to get the dudes that are going to be drafted next Thursday night. So that's why I would say, you know, you why why us? Yep.
0: Are you guys at home listening to how Jason just answered that question? He is in his zone right now. He is in his bag. He is going to crush these questions. All right. So the next question comes in from Ryan Beagle. He asks, do you plan to keep the overall mint number low like they've been in the initial run? I think this is given a nice edge as it increases interest as time goes on since there's a finite amount.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, our numbering scheme, regardless of what, you know, what that looks like, right? Like, you know, we're going to be focused on having a level of scarcity in the market, because that's what's super important. And there's a number of ways that we can do that, you know, whether that's the unique parallels that are available or whatever it might be, but it's also numbering as well. So, you know, am am I going to say that that's always going to be the numbering scheme across the board, like, you know, to eternity? No. But, you know, we're going to make sure that we strike that balance so that that level of scarcity and value is in play. Um, It's, it's part of the DNA of trading cards. It's part of the DNA of Panini. Uh, so that part is always gonna be first and foremost at the top of the list. And you know that also creates challenges too, because I know that there are other dudes on here talking about like, man, I can't get a pack. I can't get a pack. I can't get a pack. It's that balance, right? Like you have the scarcity element that's super important to the integrity of the overall platform and collectability. And you have to balance the demand of people thing it's, it's gut-wrenching sometimes but i mean we got to stay the course
0: great answer and that that feels like an nba top shot type question right there because I'm, i don't know how familiar you are with their product but their series one uh moments were uh minted very low They're low mint counts like we're talking like in the thousands like maybe 2k and now today uh a base set common is serial numbered to 40,000, 40 K, which is truly a massive jump. But like I get it, right? I uh, supply and demand. You have you know an influx of users. You have a lot of people. They're all going to want a piece of it, and it's, it can be hard to keep that mint count, uh, you know, low.
1: But I, but how, I would say like I, what I would say, and you know, I, we won't ever really compare ourselves to Topshop. We think that that's a completely different product and they approach things different from how we do things. Um, but what I would say is that from our side, like we have a history where, you know, trading cards in the physical space are at the highest in popularity around the globe right now. Um, and we've managed demand and we still manage the level of scarcity to maintain that long-term value of the cards. Um, and you're seeing it in the marketplace. And so, you know, that part, and. Understanding that part is super important, whether this is a physical space or whether that's the NFT space.
0: All right. Moving right along here. Next question comes in from at A1DZ. They ask, any plans of Panini to have video highlights or animated GIFs? Now, is it GIF or GIF? Not sure. Uh, In the future to make the NFT more dynamic? And this was a pretty popular question.
1: So great question. I think that there's a number of different things that we're looking at. Um, I think what we're, you know, uh, it's, it's interesting, like, you know, we're talking about this process of long-term su- sustainability. And so what we wanna do is we wanna make sure that we're building a really strong foundation in the platform and in the product offering. And then as things evolve, like we have the ability, we did animated, you know, um, when we launched our, NF, our NFL Draft Night NFT products with the NFL, this past year where we focused on seven players, it was your five quarterbacks. And then we had uh, Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts in the mix. The other dudes were, you know, Wilson, you know, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, um, Mac Jones, I forget the other quarterback. Oh, Trey Lance, duh, Um, (laughs) you know, those five plus Kyle Pitts and Jamar Chase. And we had a variety of NFT products available, but we had this transition animation on draft night that literally went from like a grayscale, don't know who the player, you know, who's going to be picked outside of Trevor, right? Like, you know, don't know what team is going to pick them, pick them, and then when they were drafted, it transitioned into their team uniform and the team marks. Uh, so, you know, level of animation, absolutely, I, I see that something that that's something that we look at incorporating down the road. Um, highlights are weird. You know, we've done some things in the past, like on the physical side, it's super hard. Um, you know, on a number of different levels, like one, just, you know, getting the access to that footage and two creating scarcity because there's only so much value that you can put into like a highlight, right? Like once you get, you know, that highlight and that highlights used, you can't like reuse it. You know what I mean? So at some point you start to run out of it. Whereas, you know, on our side, from a trading card perspective, we've got this volume of, you know, inserts and parallels and you know brands that we can build this great equity and great platform on and if we want to add some additional bells and whistles with animation and all those other things i think that's something we look at and explore down the line but that that's how i'd answer that
0: okay now now this is just uh like a follow-up question from me on on what you just said so you said that down the line there could definitely be some some form of like animations like what you guys have done with the draft stuff If if you guys did go that route, do you think that would be something that you like uh, retroactively add to the NBA cards that you guys have out there now, or, or do you think the ones that are out there now those are those are done as?
1: Yeah, is? I don't think so. I don't think retroact retroactively. I mean, there are some things, and I saw some quad some uh, some comments on the you know on the feed like asking about like, hey, I have this unique number to ten card you know, that I bought early on, you know, in your NFT product, but it doesn't have the rare border around it. Like, I mean, well, it's rare because it's numbered to 10. Right. (laughs) You know, but, you know, we looked at that and, you know, we introduced those elements of like rare and all that other stuff into the pack format to help differentiate that, you know, and we looked at like, is it possible to kind of go back, but because that product already lives on the blockchain, you know, you can't really go back in and, Put something into the product per se without like changing the dynamic of what's the fact that it's already been minted. Right. Okay. Yeah. I
0: get it. I, I figured I'd ask that one because I know that there's people that would probably be yeah. thinking the same thing. So I figured I'd throw a follow up at you. Keep, keep sure. you on your toes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> no. And, and like I said, I, I I saw some of that on a Twitter comment. So, yo, like I know we might not be calling you out or whatever, but hey, we're paying attention. So uh, just throwing that out there. All right. <laughs>
0: All right, so the next question comes in from uh, at baby steps 20 s. They ask, which product do you think will retain the most value in the future, the physical card or the digital? And before you answer that, I just got to say this question out of the 250 plus questions we had submitted, this particular question was asked, like, seriously, Dozens of times it had to have been, if not the most popular question, the second most popular question amongst all of them, all right? People want to know if they should be getting to Walmart and target early in the morning, trying to buy the cards as soon as they go on the shelf, or do they just sit back, sitting an alarm on their phone and buy the the digital assets. So can't wait to hear what you have to say on this one.
1: This, no, is, I- a, this is a great question. And I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, hit it straight down the line, straight down the middle. All right, let's get it. Let's see what we got. Sorry to disappoint people. But listen, our goal at Panini is to create collectibles for people that want to consume them however they want to consume them. So there are people that are always going to live and die by the physical side. And that's super important. We're going to keep that part going. You know, there are people that cross over. Some still collect physical and the digital side of it. I think they're different. And I think that you know, is there one that outpaces it? I think there's a long way to go on the digital side before we see that impact what's happening in the physical space for a number of reasons, right? Like, you know, we've got this global community that exists that we can't just reach in the the NFT space for, you know, whatever reasons because of countries, you know, um, limitations or restrictions for lack of a better definition, I won't go any deeper than that. But, um, you know, that physical element is still so still so super important that you you know you get the value of like the the athlete signing the card um you know that's that's also really important to the physical cards um you know so I, I would say you know collect how you want to collect like if you're gonna hedge your bet I would say you know you need to diversify your portfolio. Just like anybody on the stock, you know, in the stock game would would tell you like diversify your portfolio, portfolio. but do something that's like, that you're passionate about. So like, if you love physical cards and you're like, oh man, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. Should I just jump into the NFT game and just focus on that? Like do what you love, diversify, but do what you love. That's what I'd say. Yeah. There's there's no reason why both can't coexist to be valuable. Listen, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to drop the first Gary V. right? Like I love Gary. And Gary will tell you, he's the first, like, yo, it's not an either-or scenario. Like, that's so true. Like, it's not an either-or scenario. They can coexist, you know. And that's what I would say. I agree with him on that front.
0: All right, let's move over to the next question. This one comes in from Fan 9 He asks, uh, what would you say to someone on the fence and has never purchased an NFT or a digital card before and want to dip their toes into a premium brand eponini panini prism is,
1: yeah. Well, I think we we've done that in terms of creating that cost of entry. Like, you know, one of the things that we wanted to do, and I, I mentioned it early on, like we wanted to make it as is streamlined and turnkey as possible. So you didn't have to go out and buy a smart wallet. You didn't have to go out and buy cryptocurrency. And that's like, you know, am I buying the right cryptocurrency? I don't know what's happening now. Now Bitcoin's down six percent or something like that today or whatever right? Like, you know, you understand dollars, you're comfortable with that. You can make that purchase. And that was why we wanted to do it on our platform so that we could make that cost of entry, you know, easy for, you know, people stepping into the space to understand, Um. you know, and then, you know, when we first launched those products on that, you know, on our, you know, those limited cards or whatever, the values, like the cost per card was, you know, on average, like, let's just say it was over a thousand dollars. Like that automatically is going to price someone out. Who's like, man, I'm not sure if I want to do this. Yeah. Yeah. But it's super easy to be like, Hey, you know what? I'll take a shot on a $10 pack. I'll take a shot on a $15 pack. You know, I'll take a shot on a $49 pack. Like, you know, so I feel like we we've done that by you know creating this element where you know we've lowered the cost of entry to get people into the space and get comfortable with it.
0: Yep. Yep. Great answer. So when I found out that Panini uh, was putting out NFT NBA cards, right, a friend brought it to my attention. Like, hey, you know, Panini does this stuff too. A, a member of the Top Shot community brought it to my attention, and in the world of NBA Top Shot, it, it can be a while between pack drops, so. I was looking for something to do. And I was like, all right, Panini, trusted brand. Like, I'll go ahead. I'll download the app. I'll see what they got going on over there for their digital assets. So I go on the app. I look at the blockchain packs. And at the time uh, was posted the silver prison pack, which was uh, $49, right? I looked at the content uh, list that had the three moments. And one of them was a rare uh, serial number to 149. Now, coming from the world of Top Shot, If you can get a rare of rare packs over there like like they're they're way more expensive so when i saw that i could get a silver prison pack with a rare included serial number to 149 and it was only going to cost 49 bucks i was i was like i'm all in right i thought it was a fantastic deal i mean over on top i've spent upwards of a thousand dollars on a pack before so 49 bucks uh for essentially a rare pack like sign me up for that Now, since then, I I must have bought in dozens of like the ten dollar packs that come out. You know, they're they're affordable. The mint counts are still low, and anyone in the Top Shot community that comes to me and they express some sort of frustration that like oh it's been a while since the last pack drop, this or that, the mint counts are so high, then I'll tell them be like yo if there's something like if you're super into NBA and you're and you're craving to like rip some packs, like they should check out Panini. Right, I mean, it's a great way to uh, to try something new. Right, it's another, it's a different experience than what Top Shot is. They're two completely different entities, and they can both coexist. Right, because, like I said, they're they're two separate things.
1: For sure, for sure. So, and I think, and you know, man, I love that. I love that silver insert. I've, I've, um, I've got some silver inserts that I bought, um, and I bought packs as well. Um, but you know it's so beautiful and like it's numbered to 149 like yep yeah, yeah. when i when
0: I when I, <laughs> when I when I opened up my first silver pack um and i saw that it was they were numbered to 149 uh, the first thing that i tend to look at is the serial number because that's like very important to me so i like, right, there's yeah. only 100, 149 of these made and i got a number 40 and then i noticed that it was warriors in my head i'm like please be a wise man please be a curry and it was fucking kelly Oubre. God uh-huh. damn it. But still, number 40 out of 149, like, like that's a good number. That that's something that you want in your collection. So yeah. Not, not bad at all for the $49. Yeah, yeah, for
1: sure.
0: All right. So next question comes in from at John 19088453 Uh he asks, been trying to score a pack the last couple of drops. What's the best way to find out about the pack drops? And will there will the checkout process be smoother going forward? Would we'll love to hear the roadmap going forward. Always been a big fan of Panini.
1: Yeah, great question. Bunch of different answers for that. Number one, follow our blog, our PaniniAmerica.net blog. We're dropping information on like what's you know what's hitting the upcoming week. Um, usually at the end of the week on the Friday or the Saturday. So one, make sure you're hitting the blog. You know, two, like get in on the get in on the Panini Direct app. Sign up and register. Because you'll get the push notifications and people that are getting the push notifications know that you know when it's dropping because they they get those push notifications so that's the other thing that I'd say. And then the other part of the process is like, you know, uh, we we are working on developing a queue system we expect that to be, you know, launching here in the, you know, in the next few weeks or so, give or take we want to make sure that's tested right doing the right things. So, um, you know, That part will also come into play. So, you know, kind of three answers there uh, or two answers and one other answer. So what are we doing to, you know, fix that roadmap? We'll have a queue system in place. Number two, make sure you're hitting, you know, downloading the direct app and you register to get the push notifications because that, I mean, you can be anywhere and get that push notification hop on. Yeah. And that's what I'd say. And then the blog, obviously.
0: Yeah, and I I can swear by the uh, by the Panini Direct notification system. It reminds you like twenty four hours out. It reminds you like the morning of the pack. So it's actually kind of hard to miss uh, a pack drop as long as you have those notifications turned on. Unless you're in a spot where like there's no Wi-Fi or no cell phone signal. As long as you have those things and notifications on, you're like I don't see how you can not be notified. All right, they definitely got you covered over there. All right, let's move on now. So far, I think I've been giving you like, you know, pitches right over the plate. So like some nice middle of the strike zone fastballs. I'm about to throw you a change up, right? I'm about to throw a knuckleball, a curveball, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I'm about to mix it up. So I hope you're ready for this. All right. Now this question comes in from Jornito two, not to be mistaken with Jornito one. This is number two. Was the panini sandwich named after the cards or are the cards named after the sandwich? All right. I know everyone's been wondering this one. So what do you got to say on this question?
1: Great question. The answer is neither. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the Panini family is a family based in Modena, Italy. They were a group of brothers, um, you know, well, obviously bigger than the group of brothers. But the brothers, the Panini brothers, you know, got into newspapers um, back in the 60s or actually 50s and they started inserting stickers of uh, Serie A soccer players in Italy into the newspapers and people started going crazy over the stickers. And so they decided like after that when they saw the you know saw how important that was or how excited people were, they started their own business that was the Panini sticker business and they launched the Calciatori collection which is uh, Serie A soccer in Italy. We've produced that that collection every year since 1960. Uh, and then, obviously, came the World Cup in 1972, and we've produced the World Cup sticker collection every four years since then. So uh, the answer is none. Uh, the answer is it's a family name. The Panini brothers were what created the Panini business. That that's an incredible story. That that's a true. That's how it started. Yeah, 100. percent Wow. Yeah. That, that's what... Modena, Italy. And so, just a little, give you a little trivia on Modena, Italy. Um, birthplace of Luciano Pavarotti if you're an opera fan or even if you're not like you should listen to him yeah Um, number two um, balsamic vinegar like the real balsamic vinegar is always you know from Modena Italy also you know home to you know Ferrari yep so just we've got some great we got some great neighbors in Modena
0: yep and and it's also home of your guy over here, when 1834, I'm Italian. So you, oh, you there speak my language, right? Yeah, there you go. Yep. <laughs> all right. So I knew that that was a question that a lot of people were waiting on. Like,
1: all the right, one here, thing that see. I miss more than anything outside of my family, since, you know, I said I was from Boston, right? The one thing I miss more than anything, and I've lived in Dallas for 11 years now, is the North End. I absolutely love the North End. We'd always go there, you know, with our kids, take them there, you know, all the time. So I just missed that. Like that, you know, whether it was getting, you know, desserts at Mike's pastry or hitting Regina pizza, yep. you know, down on the corner, like that's my those were my spots.
0: Yep. So yeah, it's if a- you're off.
1: going to Boston anytime soon and you're not Mark, make sure you go to the north end. So
0: <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it's a oh man, it's a brutal day outside over here today, though. I'll tell you that. It's yeah. about 95 degrees outside over here today. And yeah, you you know you know how it is over here in New England too. Yesterday. It was like 68 and raining, and today is uh, 95 out of cloud in the sky. There you I, go. Yeah, New England weather, boy, I'll tell you. It'll yeah. kill you slowly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right.
1: I- We've got a bunch of different things in the in the timeline. You know, we're also, you know, filtering, making the, you know, making that user experience a little bit more intuitive, making the, you know, the platform uh, more searchable as we introduce more product and more cards. Um, You know, that that's going to be super important, whether, you, you know, you've got the, search by sport category player, you know, you'll see some more filters uh, that come into play on that side of it to just make that process easier. Um, I think that, you know, the other part is, you know, you've got this auction, you know, channel, you know, within the app, well, within the platform and you've got this gallery um, and there's, might be a question here. So uh, I'm probably answering it but You know, we're going to marry those two. Uh, the intent of the gallery was to kind of like let people showcase their stuff yeah, um, and share it. And, you know, and then also be open to like, hey, I never th- think I would sell this, but maybe someone wants it, you know, type of scenario. Whereas like the auction was like the, the buy and sell, yeah. you know, platform component of it. So we're going to marry those two. Um, you know, and, and you'll be able to search, you know, and you'll, you'll have that stuff where, you know, cards that are together in like format are going to, you know, be there all together. So you see those, um, and then obviously, you know, making sure that we're, we're working on, you know, re-implementing the sales history so people can see that stuff. Uh, So that part will be important too. So all that stuff is in development now.
0: Yeah, that's great to hear because people really do care a ton about like transparency and be able to to see all the purchases and and all that stuff. So, yeah, I'm sure they're going to enjoy that answer. Next question comes in from at food underscore soul. They ask, will Panini be lowering the 10% sales fee they take? This is before PayPal takes their percentage. Seems too high. Feels a bit like double dipping after selling the packs. Do Panini need that much of a high sales fee. Also, where can I see what's happening on the blockchain?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, a couple of things. So, if you go into the terms and conditions, there's tiers of like what that percentage is. And so, like, is you rise in the price in terms of sale price, that percentage comes down. Okay. So, if you're like, I forget what the I can't, I don't know what it is offhand. What the you know what the tiers tiers are where the price break comes down but that's factored into the equation. But, you know, that part is the, you know, the service component that's the, you know, there's a whole bunch of elements that kind of go into that piece. Okay. So the answer is no, um, at this stage, um, you know, based on that tier structure. So, but again, like if you're selling a, let's say hypothetically a $50,000 card, it's not at that, or $50,001. Um, you're selling above that, the tiers are coming down. and. You know, I. But it's in the it's in the frequently asked questions on the website in terms of you know looking at what that tier structure is.
0: Yeah, so so you can go ahead and like look for yourself and see where the where the break exactly. Yeah, Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: All right. All right. Next question, Jason. I hope you're ready because this one was the number one. Asked question amongst all the other questions. Okay, this one had the highest margin of repeating, so we are all waiting with bated breath on what you're about to say. Mr. at LG James 24 asks, When will NFL NFT packs be released? That would definitely increase the exposure to Panini. The NFT world is craving those NFL packs. And and guess what? I totally agree with LG James 24. I am I'm sitting here and I'm very anxious to see what you say. This is a question that I've had since you guys started doing the NFTs as well. So, Jason, the floor is yours, my friend. Let's see what you have to say.
1: What I will say is um, we don't want to tip our hat yet. Uh, We've got some things in the works, um, but, you know, download, you know, download that app and subscribe because you'll hear it on the blog and you'll hear that push notification when they're ready to roll. So, but we've got, we've got some things in the works. And you know, I, like I said, you know, we've got, you know, this portfolio across multiple sports, yep. um, you know, and we will introduce pieces across the calendar. So you, you mentioned that like level of staleness and, you know, when, when, you know, when there's, you know, uh, um, some time between drops, yep. um, you know, for certain things, like, as we get into this cadence Of seasons, right? Like sports seasons per se, um, unless you're playing all year or whatever, Um, you know, you'll you'll have these windows of times where that stuff will pop up and be in play and you'll have this cadence. But, you know, literally we just dropped our first NFT packs. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so we dropped our first NFT packs with basketball first, you know, like not even four weeks ago now, I think at this point, Um, give or take. Yeah, actually almost four weeks to the day um you know so we're still early on but trust us there'll be a cadence and a process but we're looking forward to it we can't wait
0: bro once it's announced that you guys are going to be dropping nfl nft prison packs you have to come back on the show and talk about it with me all right
1: done done
0: all right let's move along to the next question this one comes in to uh from at spaghetti sauce one. Now, this question is kind of similar. It's one we touched upon uh, earlier on, but it's, it's a little different. So I'm going to go ahead and read this one. Any plans to do NFT only designs that don't have a counterpart in the physical world? Would you incorporate animations or other enhancements more frequently like those NFL draft animations, which are the ones that you alluded to earlier?
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, I guess the answer would be Yes. So first off, I, you know, we, we've done some things that are like brand specific that have that equity that we talked about, right? Um, you know, that translate well across physical and digital and, you know, in the NFT space. We also have had some like, you know, unique inserts that only existed um, in the NFT space, like our Triforce earlier in the season with basketball that was more individualized cards as opposed to pack cards. So, you know, I would say... You know, the answer is we're doing a a number of different things. We have got a number of different touch points and ways to kind of integrate into the NFT space, whether that's using our brand equity with existing, you know, designs, whether it's creating new designs, whether it's dropping, you know, special cards for NFT card, you know, NFT um, cards into our physical product. So that's that Maori cross-pollination collaboration that exists so well within the panini ecosystem. Yep. So hopefully that answered the question. The Triforce stuff is hot. Like, you know, I know that we got this flashback insert drop in today. That's gonna be amazing. Um you know we also got the noir insert dropping next week, like the noir spotlight. That is gonna be incredible. Can't wait for that one of my favorite inserts. Cannot wait for that one to drop.
0: I'll be uh I'll be waiting on my phone for that one to come as well. Just like the flashbacks today. (laughs) Yeah. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be all over it. Yeah, and sure. and I believe five of the packs we're giving away today are the flashbacks.
1: Yes, uh, great, great tie-in. Yes, five of the packs are flashbacks.
0: Yep, so definitely look forward to that if you get selected. And again, uh, there's
1: 25 and questions. make sure you tag packs. us. Make sure you tag crypto ballers. You know when you when you open those packs, you hit up on social like tag crypto, tag Panini America, tag me. I want to see what you guys get.
0: Absolutely. I love seeing what the community gets out of these packs. I was actually in a thread on Twitter where we were comparing uh, some pulls that we got out of the $10 pack that was up for sale. And the first pack I bought, I was so excited because I actually pulled a serial number like 350 Jason Tatum out of the the seventeen ninety nine, so I was able to add that Jason Tatum that low cereal to my collection and in the auction block I actually bought a Jalen Brown I think the Jalen Brown was serial number like 500 out of seventeen ninety nine, and I got that one for two dollars so I got these two awesome Celtics two of my favorite players and I got both of them one out of a pack pull of a great number and I bought the other one for dirt cheap which was fantastic.
1: And, and and you know, as more people come into that, some of that early stuff is gonna arise. So, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, that that's why the the, the auction block is so interesting because you yeah. can filter
0: it where you where you can see the ending soon as first. Yeah. And you, you can grab some really good stuff just because people, you know, when you put it on auction, I believe you can only have it up for 24 hours, right? Is that yeah. how it goes? Yeah. So like you can definitely snipe some really good cards, and yeah. it's just because you know, people might not be it might be late at night people might not be paying attention to it and yeah we've talked about that ending. too and like
1: you know uh, you you talk about facility like i want to make sure that we get like that hey your auction is close to ending so like you're not like oh wait i need to make sure that i go back 10 hours from now and make sure i'm still the top bidder or yeah you know watching those those last three minutes you know of, a, of an auction just to see what happens or whatever so you know that's definitely also in the you know in the pipeline too
0: Yep. Uh like yesterday, for example, I was at work, I was at my job, and I just had my phone in a holder that was in front of me. I had my screen on and I just left it on the auction block. <laughs> and I had it on ending soonest. And as stuff was coming up, I was just paying attention to see if there's any any cards coming up yeah. that were, were cheap and I was interested in because so I was like, all right, like I'll with 10 seconds left, I'll just make a bid on it when it added to the collection on the cheap yeah so it, it's it's like bad for my actual real life job I just, <laughs> I just i just leave it up and i'll just keep on glancing over at it like oh who's that Who's that like who's going
1: i uh you know um i i've been out to i was out to dinner with my wife on saturday and i was keeping my eye on something like i had to pop on i'm like looking at it. she's like what are you doing i'm like nothing she's like no you're doing <laughs> something I'm like, no comment no comment <laughs> Yeah, uh, i to- i totally hear you my wife is so sick. i lost that one with one second ago i put uh, my bitch in a little too early it was a john morant um silver
0: oh man I hopefully was ready
1: to go and bam some okay. dude hit me like final seconds i'm like oh well
0: hopefully hopefully you made her pay for dinner because you weren't able to you like
1: i i also kind of blamed it on her too because i was like i wasn't mentally prepared for that because exactly. i'm sitting here watching you stare at me and i can't do it yeah, you know. So, anyways, win some, <laughs> lose some. Yeah, you got to pick your battles when it comes to yeah, marriage yeah, and yeah, NFTs, for sure. right? For
0: sure. All right, next question comes in uh, from at coin, no, not at altcoin monkey. They ask, do you think Panini will make cool and interesting ways of showcasing digital collection? If so, what kind of ideas do you think would garner attention from the physical card collectors?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that there's a couple of different ways to kind of explore that. Again, like the intent of the gallery section was to really kind of showcase your product. And it's been like a almost like a hybrid secondary auction. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. I Um, I noticed that a lot of people will just like go in there, look at your stuff. And instead of being like, oh, nice. They're like, all right, make an offer. I'll give you five bucks for it. (laughs) There's a lot of that going on.
1: Yeah, exactly. So like we're going to have to like I said, we're marrying those two together. Um, So we'll have to figure out like what that scenario, you know, looks like, you know, we've, we've had some stuff where we've, where we've done that in our digital apps where you've got like your spotlight, you know, per se. Uh, So maybe that's something we need to kind of explore in terms of like that, because, you know, especially as, you know, your cards like continue, your collection continues to grow, like they're going to be cards that are super important to you that you want to be able to be able to just get to fast and, you know, share and show. So, yeah, definitely in the pipeline.
0: All right. Next question comes in from, uh, alright I'm d- I'm just going to give it, you know, the good old college try here. It comes in from at Syab Meadle. Uh, they ask, Top Shot sent people to watch the NBA Finals for free for owning a minimum amount of Phoenix Suns moments. How do you guys see the future of Panini when it comes to utility? And please don't flood the market.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah um totally hear you on the flood the market part um i think i actually might have answered this on twitter too but okay. you know we've been doing that stuff for we've been doing that stuff for years where you know whether it's like bringing the experiential element into our physical product with like a trip to the all star game trip to the super bowl you know whatever it might be um you know so you know meet and greet appearances with with players So, you know, yes, I think that there's definitely a way to do some of those things. And, and, you know, that, you know, the top shot thing was cool, but it's not like something that no one's done before. And so, you know, as we get into, you know, as we get into a cadence of a normal season instead of like the back end of a season, um, you know, I think you'll see some of those things come to life, whether that's like a special, like, virtual meet and greet, in-person meet and greet, those types of, th- there's so many different ways for us to do it. And we have guys, like these guys sign our cards. Like we, we've got more athletes than anybody on earth in terms of that, that are signing our cards. So, you know, I think there's definitely a way to kind of integrate in utility um, to that component. And I think just like, you know, there are some people that are super interested in this space like digging in, finding those players that have that, you know, that um, that excitement in the market uh, or for the market, like wanting to bring those people into the space too and share that interaction with fans, you know, in a real person element, as well as a, you know, as well as a physical element. And, you know, it's interesting because we're still kind of, I mean, I'm in Texas, right? Like, so it's a little bit different, but like, you know, where you are in your mindset in terms of where the pandemic is yeah. um, and what level of comfort you have um, is, you know, individualized. And there's still this process, this balancing act of like what you can and can't do just yet with guys. And so we're trying to balance that out um, in the mix. Obviously we're starting to get back into the rhythm of like having big events come into play NBA finals, obviously NBA all-star game, you know, next February, Super Bowl, February, you know, you're getting those elements that are kind of coming back into play. So there's those opportunities and uniqueness. We're doing something tonight. We've got a partnership with the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, And we've been planning this for a while um, before the NFT stuff came, well, before the NFT packs dropped. And so we were looking at a couple of different things. We've done these like Zoom Q and A's with Pelicans fans, you know, throughout the season, because that, you know, early on they weren't in the arena. Uh, yeah. During some of those games. So there was like no connectivity. So we did these meet and greet virtual meet and greets with players. Um, and so tonight we've got one with Kira Lewis, uh, rookie for the Pelicans. So he's going to be doing a, a, a Q&A with Pelicans fans. Um, you know, timing wise, we could have found a way to inter- integrate some other things if we just had a little bit more window of time. But, you know, our plan is we're going to get him to open up some packs tonight. Um, so that's the plan. We'll make sure, you know, if, you know, but, um, yeah. So I think there's the answer to that question is yes. We'll figure some, some of that stuff out as we continue to move into this next, next season, um, you know, across sports.
0: I hear you, bro. People love utility, especially when it comes to stuff like this. Now what you should do, and this is just me spitballing, you don't need to bring this to the higher powers that be or whatever, but since you're partnered with the New Orleans Pelicans, a fun piece of utility, right? instead of like, I don't know, having like a, a call with a player or going to a game you should offer, right. If you collect, you know, X amount of Zion Williamson cards or something like that, then you get to go to new Orleans, right. Go to their practice facility and you get the chance to try to D up <laughs> Zion Williamson in the paint and, and, and try your luck. That could be fun, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm sure. The, I'm sure the coach and the, um, you know, the head of player personnel, I love that, but, but, um, but, <laughs> I mean, there are definitely things that we can do and and those, you know, certainly things to think about for sure.
0: All right, let's move right over to the next question. I know you crunched for time and we're going a bit long. So we have our first double up question. So I'm going to make a substitution. I'm going to remove the one that was planned and I am going to add in a fresh one from the thread. So, all right, let's go here. This one comes in from at Z10 Dane. They ask, Uh, what does the nft blockchain have over physical cards no rating required uh don't worry about true or false faster trading you don't got to get your cards graded um just a couple more things just throwing in here like you don't have to mail your cards out to get graded or mail them to people uh scamming like there's a lot of i feel like there's a lot of pros that can come with the digital side as opposed to the physical side so what is your take on this
1: good question um, I think the benefit is you know you have this le- you have this ledger of ownership you know and one of the you know we, we always talk about it internally is like wouldn't it be amazing to know like who has the best Kobe collection in the world like the only way you know that is if that person is ready to go out and share that you know or whether that person is like you know showcasing it on Instagram or something right like you know you have the ability and the, you know the the intent of the gallery again was to like showcase your you know your great stuff or whatever um you know like we talked about before um you know being able to showcase that and have this ledger history of like ownership uh which is hard to do in the physical space um you know until you get into like auction level stuff right yeah. but you know, having that le- ledger of ownership to see, like, when it was created, to you know who who got it out of the first pack, you know, to who sold it, what the you know all that history. So, like I said, we're 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 working on you know um, enhancing that level of um, history and highlights, um, you know, in the future so that people can see that um, you know that ledger. But that part is, I think, really important, and that's a differentiator from an NFT perspective compared to physical. Yep.
0: All right, let's move along. Next question comes in from at uh, Shikosai191. Again, I apologize for all the Twitter handles that I am butchering out there. Uh, This question reads, can you, well, I'm going to reword it a bit to make it a little more fun. Can you imagine a world where the physical cards no longer exist because the NFT Prism blockchain uh, cards are so successful right so can you envision a world where there's no more physicals at all if this nft thing super blows up
1: like if I, don't NFT's th- I, th- I don't see that happening i don't think so. Uh, yeah no i don't i don't think that that happens so again like i said i mean you know we want to be where collectors are and we we want to you know let collectors determine how they consume our product and so physical is super important in that space. You know, obviously digital and NFTs are emerging in the market. And it's that balancing act. And, you know, again, you know, it's not an either-or scenario, but I don't I don't think that you ever see physical disappearing. Um, at least not anytime soon. I mean, that's not, you know, I mean, 40, 50 years ago, but I forty, 50 years from now, who knows? Yeah. Can't predict that f- that future, but we're we're not planning new. And there are yes. markets like, I mean, we launched our platforms in China in 2019 and that market is growing, you know, for physical trading cards, yeah. you know, Australia is growing for physical trading cards. You know, I was on a podcast last week in the Philippines, like they're all amped up about, you know, NBA trading cards, Yeah, you know, and Europe is growing on the physical trading cards. Europe, which like historically has been a, you know, sticker collecting mentality, you know, is jumping into, you know getting on, you know, getting into the, the trading card game, you know, much like, you know, the U S market, you know, right. Like the U S market has had a long history and physical. Yeah.
0: I mean, could you really imagine a world without physical, you know, trading cards that that's just nuts. I can't even imagine it. All right. Moving right along. Next question comes in from at L J K a Spog. All right. Again, I apologize. I'm sure I got that one wrong. Uh, the question reads, what, what will be the edge of Panini over Top Shot with the latter gaining official partnership with the NBA?
1: Yeah, well, we both have an official partnership with the NBA. Um, Panini has been the exclusive trading card partner with the NBA since 2009. We've got the thing that's super cool about that, like for me, you know, is when we're interacting with these rookies now, like, they collected Panini cards when they were kids, like, you know, they, you know, yeah. 10 years ago. So like, there's that super connection to, you know, what we do and, and how we connect to the athlete. That's like um, organic, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, I'll just say Top Shot's different. What Top Shot does is what Top Shot does. You know, we're focusing on what we do and how we do it. Um, and there's a balance there, obviously. And, you know, that connectivity with the athlete in terms of what we're doing is so natural and organic that that's where we push in on and that's what we're going to continue to do. Yep. So I, hopefully that answers the question.
0: Yeah. I, I, like I said, there's going to be a lot of top shotters listening yeah, to, yeah, yeah, to, yeah, to see sure. what you say. And they for sure. a lot of them are talking about the comparisons and yep. weighing one against the other. So there's definitely yeah. several- something.
1: And I mean, like, like I said, you know, earlier, I mean, you know, we have this inherent brand equity, you know, 60 years of brand equity. Prism has been around for, you know, six to eight years at this point. I, I think the first year was 2013 in football um, or 2012 in football. I mean, so we've got this equity, you know, in these brands that people understand the value, both in the physical space and they're starting to understand the value in the digital NFT space. So, you know, that's one of the things that we've got.
0: Next question comes in from at, uh, I'm just going to take a shot out of here. Pascal Penn. All right, they ask, do you plan to give the opportunity for users to transfer their Panini NFTs to eBay or another platform for auction?
1: Good question. Um, I, I'm sure that's a really popular question. Yep. Uh, it's something that we're exploring, um, but there's a balancing act there. Um, it's not just solely our decision um, in that you know we've got partners like the League's and the players associations that you know want to be involved in you know that decision um so that's the balancing act that we're facing you know that we're you know we're 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 dealing with so um don't have like a, a real answer per se in that you know in outside of the fact that we're exploring all options you know but but there's a you know there's a a we, we have to strike that balance with the leagues and the players association and determine what they're comfortable with yeah so yeah.
0: so we can we can revisit that one in the future you got a time will tell with that one yeah yeah, yeah. okay uh, I, I have another question here where it's not oh, uh, yeah so I have another question here where it's not it's kind of another double but I'm gonna spin it again uh, to make it refresh it I guess. Uh, they ask, will you have a Q system, which you mentioned that there will be a Q system coming. So my spin on it is, is it going to be like a random number generator? I'll add like what Top Shot has or will it be like first come that's your spot in line?
1: Um, Sorry, I'm just trying to you repeat that real quick. Yeah, um, I'm trying to get these dogs to stop barking. But the Amazon guy <laughs> just needs to leave my house. I hear you. See, he, you should have sent him over to my house. I needed that. <laughs> <goddamn>. <laughs> Never so, fails. Like literally every time. Yep. All
0: right. So the question was, will will you guys implement a queue system, which you already touched upon? Yes. Um, yeah. My my spin on it is for the queue system. Will it be like top shot where everyone gets in a queue and then you get a random place or will it be like
1: you show up? That's your spot in line. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not too, like, I, I'm not too familiar with NBA top shots system. Okay. Um, you know, so I don't really know how to compare it, but you know, what I know is that like the queue system ideally is meant for, you know, people, you know, and their number as they get into line and not necessarily random.
0: Yeah. So, so the, that the way- might
1: change from a development point of view, but like, as of right now, that's the intent and that's kind of what we're working towards. Yeah. So the way that, like you said, you're not
0: familiar with how Top Shot runs it. The way that they go about it is everyone piles into like this big queue, like an hour prior to the pack drop. And once the line opens up, it's just a random number generator. So you could be the first one in the queue when the queue starts. Yeah. But as soon as the time expires and everyone gets in line, you just get a randomly generated number. So yeah. it doesn't matter if you're the first one into the queue or the last one. Right. It's totally randomized, which could be frustrating for some people. You could probably guess. Yeah. They're you're the first one in the queue. You're ready to go. Yeah.
1: The last. Yeah. One I don't line. know. Like I said, I don't know much about their platform. I wonder if that's like almost like a you know a, a counter punch to bots for some reason. Yeah. Right? That. Yeah. They have. They had a lot of botting problems when they first launched. Um, so. Man, like you know, it's it's a challenge everywhere. Like if you have something that's a commodity. You can expect that there's going to be, you know, bots and you've got to battle it. And that's kind of like what we did in our first two, like, you know, pre early test drops, right? Like where people were freaking out over the red parallels and the green parallels, like we're testing it to make sure that we're managing, you know, bot traffic and trying to restrict bot traffic, Um, you know, but every time you restrict something, you know, they come around and figure something else out. So it's just that, that constant battle. And I mean, we face it. Top Shot faces it. Nike faces it. Amazon faces it. You know, like PlayStation faces it. Like, you know, if you've got something that's hot, they're going to try to find a way to figure it out.
0: Yep. The struggle is definitely real on that.
1: That was not a a question, but I guess that's my bot answer. um, (laughs) In terms of...
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't think any questions came in about botting. So there you go. You guys get a bonus one. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Okay. So the next question comes in from... Efro poker. Yeah, I think I'm just going to read the rest of these handles with confidence and, you know, just, just take my shot. But uh, yeah, so they asked, can you explain to me the major ways to differentiate this from both NBA Top Shot and Panini cardboard cards? It feels like sort of a cross section in the middle, but curious if there's any big plans that will be revealed on why Panini NFTs are worth investing in over the other two.
1: Yeah. I think we answered that question a little bit. I mean, I think it's, you know, we want to, you know, allow collectors to consume our product, however they want to consume it, whether that's physical or NFT side or both for that matter. Um, you know, there it is, it is a hybrid, like I said, you know, or like he, he, the, the, the person mentioned in that, you know, it's a balance between the physical and the NFT side of it. And as we continue to evolve in the NFT platform and the things that we can do, you'll see some other enhancements that kind of come into play. But I mean, it's another way of, you know, creating community, um, you know, in the collectibility space, that's super important, just like the physical side has got case breaking and all that other stuff. Um, you know, that's really kind of created this global, global community on the physical card side you know, the NFT side is kind of that balance right now and it will continue to evolve. Yep. Uh, Yeah. we don't get to your question, you know, Mark will take the list of, you know, what what he had for questions and hit you guys up. So, yeah.
0: All right. Yes, we are running out of time. So let's try to cram a couple more in here and uh, and see how we do. So this one comes in from at Jammers 79. They ask, have you seen MLB tops and NBA top shots? What learnings? positive and negative do you take away from each product and how do you plan to flourish in the sports nft collecting market
1: yeah good great question and you know certainly wouldn't um you know critique either of those guys one thing that i'd say is that we're grateful that we have our own platform uh to manage our you know to manage our process and and develop our nft game um across all of our sports so that's the one thing that i'd say and I think the, you know, I think not necessarily a learning, but more of like a reinforcer is just reinforcing how important it is to make sure that we manage scarcity, you know, whether that's in the NFT space or whether that's in the physical space. So it's a, like a reinforcer in the market um, for us, uh, you know, more so than anything else that I'd say, like, you know, our balancing act, right? Like, you know, um, we were first to market in the space with our, you know, with our, um, you know with our product in january of 2020 we had some learnings on that side we've had some things that we've kind of cultivated to develop but as we you know as we launch the nft pack product you know we're very focused on making sure that we're managing scarcity in the market even on our base um you know that was super important i think the one thing that we're super grateful for is that we have our own you know dedicated platform in the in the market yep all right so I think we can squeeze in one last question. This is the last one I, don't want right. I should know. I, I know you're all a busy right.
0: man over there. This is, let's crush it. This is going to be a good one. All right. Last question comes in from at Daniel M And that's all the time we have today. No, just <laughs> <laughs> uh It comes in. Say, like
1: half the IDs took up like half the time it, for the exa- questions. Exa-
0: exactly. Next exactly. time I'm just going to skip the IDs read the question. I'll give them credit after the thing. Yeah. These yeah. guys got to
1: showing up their handles. But you got to love the shout out too though, right? Like shout out kind of
0: cool. I feel like they they care like a Indiana, lot about the setup. So. All right, so last question. Yeah. Okay, so the question reads: Since Panini has memorabilia exclusivity with certain players like Luca, can this also be possibly done in the future to secure the stars into the platform?
1: It's a great question. Um, I think there's a balancing act there um, because you know, uh, and we didn't really talk too much about this, but I mean. NFTs can look and feel different, right? Like, you know, well, actually you have, we talked about it a lot. You know, the difference between us and Top Shot, like Top Shot is a moment, you know, we're trading cards, right? Like there's so many different ways from an NFT perspective. Um, you know, I would say that, you know, we want to work with, you know, we want to work with athletes across the board, um, you know, and we've had conversations and, and it's a matter of like figuring out what the right mix is um more so than anything else so i don't know if it fully answers the question um would we stand alone do something just from an exclusive point of view um on the nft side and not the physical side i don't see that we would ever do something like that you know what i mean yeah like i think if we're going to be exclusive with an athlete you know we want to be exclusive across a number of different categories within the collectible market whether that's you know and we do have exclusives right like You know, we announced Jalen Green is an autograph, you know, is exclusive on autograph trading cards this year. You know, we don't have his memorabilia. You know, we got memorabilia of other guys where we got, you know, pure like exclusive autograph trading card component. You know, we've got exclusive on the memorabilia side. Sometimes those two are married to to one another, like Luca, like John Morant, for that matter, like Trey Young, um, you know, like Kobe was or David Beckham, for that matter. So, you know, that would be the, you know, that's, that would be my answer for now is like, you know, I think we'd always want to look at trying to develop something, you know, with, with that athlete that covers across the board and the the gamut. Sometimes they're going to carve out a piece because they want to do something different, um, you know, or they're just not ready to step into that space, you know, so we'll continue to evaluate that. But our goal is to, you know, make sure that we have, that exclusivity on the physical side, you know, if they're interested in other elements, that's always something we're going to explore. Yep. No, no, that's for sure. a Good answer.
0: All right. So I think we're going to wrap it up there. I know you got to go. we we only missed, I think, three questions. So we actually did pretty good. All right. That's awesome. We got to a lot of them. And don't worry if you, if you didn't get your answer, uh, if you didn't get your question answered on the air, I'm still going to reach out via DMs. I'm going to let you know that your question was selected. And I'll make sure that you guys get airdropped that pack. But big shout out to everyone who submitted a question, whether you were in the 25 picks or of the hundreds that didn't get selected. Jason, yeah, yeah. I got to thank you again for taking the time to come on Crypto Ballers and do this. Uh, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, it was fun, man. I enjoyed it. It was good. Hey, next next time you're in <laughs> Boston, right? We'll, we'll go to Regina's. We'll get a slice. We'll get a beer. We'll, we'll, we'll talk yeah. about all this stuff. Let's do it.
1: Let's do it. Let's do it. And we'll, we'll definitely hook up. Let's talk, you know, let's talk when we launch our next, you know, our next sport. Absolutely.
0: I'm telling you, the second you say you're coming on Crypto Ballers to talk about NFL, NFTs, the the internet's (laughs) going to break. Twitter's going to stop. It's going to be nuts.
1: Oh, I love it. I love when we break the internet.
0: Yep. All right. Thank you again so much for coming on. And I will talk to you after the show.
1: All right. Thanks, man. All right. We'll talk to you. All right. Bye guys.